Welcome to Snakes and Otters, a pointless discussion of eternal questions. Get ready, we're about to live in your head rent-free. Hello, Otterites! Welcome to episode 136. I am Martin. And I'm Robert. And I'm Francis. So, uh, I've got the uh, driver's seat for this. Nice one, nice one. Oh, very nice, very good stuff. Just just made that up on the fly. So, Otterites, this is a... Yes, baby. Loves uh, it. This is Fifth Friday. Um, So Hoopa Jubes, as you know, are basically... New Year's Eve. Yeah, just anything we want it to be. And uh, this one's a little... I don't know. What what would you say? This was kind of off the reservation of what we normally would be doing? Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Because, you know, none of us are really super gearheads. No. No, I mean... uh, uh, we're going to talk about cars and cars that we would like to have or cars that we would like to have back, that kind of thing. But I guess, yeah, I'm probably the gear headiest of us. Well, because all I, of our fathers watch. were into this, though. I, well, my oh, dad did it God. for a living. Well, I know. Mine did, too, yeah. uh, in many ways. So, you know, we're kind of sons of gearheads, can we say? At least two of us are, Well, right? two, you two are. Right, yeah. I mean, um, you, you picked up what you picked up because you want to. Yeah. yeah. My father could, you know, from a certain period back... You know, he could shuffle that stuff like cards. You know, he knew how to handle any of that sort of yeah. stuff. And, uh, you know, those, but of course, their gear gearheads were, you know, 50 stuff. That's where they really, yeah. you know, 60 stuff, you know? Yeah. So we, uh, again, I'm probably the one that watches the most of the uh, Top Gear and stuff. Top Gear and the Resto Mod type shows, the restoration shows, uh, like on the Motor Trend channel. Um, but we wanted to just, again, with the Hoopa Jube, we could kind of make this go anywhere we want. So we're just going to kind of kick around cool cars, things that we would like to have or like to have back, or maybe, I don't think any of us ever had a cool car uh, in well, our well, lives. Had, you know, there's something about one's first car. You know, even if it was a piece of shit, no, you're, you're shaking your yeah, head. Yeah, I mean, you're, you're not agreeing with I me. Don't, I'm, I'm hoping that both of my first cars have now been crushed and recycled into. Really? Uh, uh, I mean, I, I'm hoping, like, part of it's that ice bucket over there that you. you yeah. <laughs> really? They use, the, they use the steel for that ice bucket. I still occasionally dream that my first car is around and it's one of my extra cars. And it's kind of sitting somewhere, and I and I find myself getting into it, even though it ran well. A '77 Nova, two tone hardtop. You had the '78. I'm positive you, you had, had the '78. Okay, maybe yeah. it was '78. Because yeah. I had the '77. Okay, maybe you're yeah. exactly because you're right. talking about the blue one, right? You remember it, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. The, the blue, blue bottom, white four, hardtop, four door, four door. That's the '78. That's oh, the four door Nova. Yeah, yeah. it's yeah. It, it, three fifty engine. That's kind of the max uncool. No, the bad boy works fantastic. I'm See, kidding. I had the, the two-door 77. That's okay, that, that could be cool. That's yeah. the one that, that I really... I also had, which is a sister car, uh, in high school, I had a 76 Olds Omega. Yes, that's... that's sister car. That's, and it's nearly identical to yeah, the 77. That's just what they call it, brand engineering or yeah, badge something like, engineering? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, you know, Ford and, and GM were famous for this. I don't know if Chrysler did it as much, but... Yeah, oh uh, yeah. You know, uh, they just took the same car, slapped different labels on it. Yeah. You talking about occasionally the changed the train. Are you talking about the yellow one? The, 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 the well, color, the that color. was the Palomino. The Palomino. Okay, that was yeah. the Palomino, which I later did paint red. I had forgotten and, that. And had a silver understripe, but I don't think I ever brought that one, brought it back in, uh, down here. Yeah, because when we were riding in it, when you hit the concrete one time... Yeah, which it was is the a, Palomino. It yeah. was the Palomino. Yeah, we were driving down Outer Loop, and there's 
stuff in front of us, and it that it was like a drove huge over it. chunk of concrete that and in the didn't have of the any road. time to swerve. That's right. I mean, literally, somebody else in front of us swerved, and oh, there it is, and Too late. boom, yeah. and uh, it hits the thing, and uh, and it won't go into <laughs> it won't go into reverse now. It won't go into any other. Gear. I was gonna yeah. say you, you, it was stuck in gear yeah. completely. I fixed that on my own. Did you really? I did. I did not know that. Figured out what the part was, went to the junkyard, put it on, and fixed it myself. Yeah, that, that was kind of some scary stuff, thinking, okay, just now we linkage? Basically, yeah. yeah. And it was, oh, man, if, if, if we were suing type of people and we knew who to sue, that I could see Oh, that. yeah, that's always a trouble. Yeah. So, it was, it yeah, was huge. You know, and the definition of a cool car also varies a touch. Yes. Depending on... You know what your interests are. I'm real big right now into four wheelers, as far as what's cool, and of course that's where the market is too. Right. Um, you know, a restored first generation Ford Bronco. Oh yeah, is really? like sixty seventy grand. Yeah, that's the they're bomb. they're enormous, and you're talking about a car that's as basic. I mean, it's barely more than a golf cart. Uh, now the first gen or the vehicle. Well, I mean, it's a little bit bigger than a golf cart because the Ranger's a golf cart. <laughs> yeah, but, yeah, I but mean, the, as far as mechanical, yeah, yeah. I mean, and, and of course, you know, a lot of people when they do them, yank the engines and put in new motors and all sure. that stuff. So, so the that Bronco. So my dad, I remember my dad having Broncos. Now, one of the ones he had was one where that uh, hard top in the back just re was removed. Yes, and it was almost like a, 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 a El Camino. El Camino. Without the, right. the thing being closed right. off. The, those are the later, when they grew <laughs> kind of, and got just, big. I'm just imaging that in my mind. Yeah. Just kind of but that was the thing. Um, GM did that with the K5 Blazer. Oh. The, the back was fiberglass and could unbolt and you take it off and you had an open air uh, four-wheeler. And yes, those if you can get a hold of one of those um, and get it restored, they're worth huge money. Nice. Huge, huge money. Yeah, I, I remember the dad having Broncos. They were... You know they were tough. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I mean, you know, the kind of stuff Dad did. I mean, he beat the crap out of his vehicles, especially if it was anything he had to haul car parts in. Well, yeah, I understand that. Well, the guy I used to work for you remember him, Mickey? He had a he had a Scout that he drove. I mean, oh it was, yeah, yeah. It was it was from I don't even remember. It's one of the first years the thing was made. Yeah, and he, the International Harvester. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. oh man, it's too bad Marcus Aurelius is not here. Yeah, he it, loves his. Oh, well, he drove that Scout for when I was yeah. when I was working for him. You're talking about eighty. 788 and it was old then i don't remember right. the first year that thing was but he had taken it everywhere i mean it was like it, you, you'll drag the damn thing through the mud and it still fires every yeah. single time and, and mechanically a lot of those vehicles were very unsophisticated yeah i think the original scout the windshield wipers were based on the engine vacuum instead of electric really so wow. keep your speed up to keep the windshield wipers going that's nice. That, that made it, what was the first you, you might remember? I don't know if you remember. Uh, Marcus Aurelius would know, but the first scouts were early 70s, I think. He, I don't think his was quite that old. Uh, it was mid seventy, mid to late 70s when he had well, you know, when he bought it. Yeah. And, and it was about, at least 10 to 15 years old when he was driving it. Yeah. The thing I love about all of these vehicles that we're talking about, because obviously they're, they're from our youth. Yeah. You know? there's, there's a, there's they're from, so they're going to be you know some 60s cars. So, I mean, now i got to say, when I was a kid... I wanted a '57 Chevy so bad. Well, oh, that's yeah. kind of one of those red and white two-tone jobs. Oh, oh yeah. my gosh! Well, that, that was, was our dad's kind of car because that's when they were running around as teenagers. But, I, but I mean, that was older. But I mean, '57. That's the the iconic Chevy. That's of the one. That's right. '50s. It, it was the one. That, and and oh. my father wouldn't touch a Ford, and absolutely would never touch a foreign car. 
It oh, was yeah. Chevrolet, and that's all it was. Well, you know, yeah, foreign cars, no, no. When you grow up in Detroit, foreign cars, well, not a good thing. Kentucky was kind of the same way. It was, and, you know, you always bought that stuff, and he was very brand, you know, that was a brand thing for him. They, uh-huh. Yeah. But I think loyalty he was important yeah. in the 60s. Uh, my yeah. dad worked at uh, uh, Cadillac dealership, so when he was there, we always had Cadillacs. Which is um, kind of cool. Which is kind of cool. So, you know, the uh, 74, 75, 76, 70, uh, into 77, we always had a Cadillac around. Actually, we even had one up to 1980 or 81. Uh, that was a green one with a, a, a white uh, uh, vinyl top. It wasn't a convertible, but it was, you know. Oh, yeah. Um, but, you know, where I'm going with this, one of the things I love about these cars is that guys like us could actually work on these cars. Oh, yeah. You know? Because they're not that complicated. There's There's just just nothing going to a a mechanic. My father did all that. These things could survive an EMP. (laughs) I mean, seriously, when you think about the cars we drive today, EMP, whether it's uh, a weapon or one of these coronal mass ejections that fries all the electronics. (laughs) That sounds vaguely sexual, but I won't go there. Well, Uh, you know, know, there was one in in the 1800s that was very severe. And it fried the some of the telegraph system, but there wasn't any real electronics around, so it was it, it was, was a really minor like, thing. Okay, we, you know, and, yeah. and, and we've discussed this before, and uh, we won't dwell on this too much. But part of the fascination with vehicles from those eras, especially the 70s, 60s and seventies, you could tell them apart. Yeah, yeah. Uh, of course, today's cars. Everything from a Jaguar to a Mazda looks almost identical. Yeah. Well, They're, even in the... You um, know, the, what do you call it, the aerodynamics yeah. and trying to get gas mileage, they all look exactly alike. They all look like bathtubs or jelly Ford, beans. Uh, was probably one of the early uh, instigators yes. of this. The Taurus. With the Taurus. It's, it's kind uh, of that they, they, that's what they even called, the new aero design. Yeah. And it was made a big deal about it. And those were sharp-looking cars when they first came out because... Everything, not everything, but by the standards then, everything was rounded off. Everything was smooth, aerodynamic looking, almost looked kind of space agey. And all the cars before that had very sharp edges yeah. and corners. You know, it was yeah. very boxy. So they made well, a big even, splash. Even Tauruses themselves, because they, they didn't start out that the way I remember. No, they did. Yeah. But for the time, compared to the other cars. You're not they talking were, about that redesign they did no, in the no, late 90s. Right, no, that one everybody hated. <laughs> That's the one that had the oval window in the back. Yeah. And that that did not sell well. That's when they shifted back had to a else. new design. Yeah. And when they did that, which actually what they did, they were making something called the 500. Yeah. And they retired the old design, renamed the 500 Taurus, because it was basically a yeah. Taurus. Because it was a very Taurus. popular brand. It was. Yeah. It, well, I mean, fact, that brand, until that redesign, yeah. outsold Toyotas. Yeah. It was, I mean, it, it was, was the number one sedan several years in a row. Yes, Camrys, Accords, and the uh, yeah, and the Taurus were kind of the big three uh, as far as sales go. Exactly, for a so, long, long stretch. But you know, that's probably the instigated this this lookalike stuff. I mean, yeah. you know, there's lookalike in the sense that you take one car and you brand it something else. But this is a design philosophy. Yeah, and you know, if you look at Ford's offerings today, from the Fiesta to my Focus to uh, an Escape, an Explorer, an Edge, or even the C-Max. Uh, and let's just talk about the, the, the Focus that is the sedan. It's the only sedan along with the Mustang. Yep. And neither one of them are made here. Actually, Focus, I don't even know if they're making a, a, a sedan of anymore. 
I, th- I want to say they I stopped think the, that. The focus is getting dropped entirely. It might and be the only the only well, car quote passenger car is going to be the Mustang. I think it's, the focus might still be well. I think it's going to be around outside the U.S. Yeah. I don't know about inside the U.S. because it's a very popular car too. It it, it occupies that escort niche. Yeah. Uh, escort yeah. and tempo. But anyways, if you look at all these cars, especially the hatchback versions of the the yep. ones that do come in a sedan. Yep. It's the same damn thing scaled up. Every one of them. You look at a C-Max, it's a big brother to the Focus. And the C-Max is a little brother to the yeah. Escape and the Explorer. Which is not necessarily a bad thing because they're doing well with it. Well, it's been a yeah. very popular brand for many, many, oh, many yeah. long time. Yeah. Long, long time. But it's, it's so many cars, even across manufacturers, yes. look so alike. Mazdas are attractive cars, but to me they look exactly like the Hyundais and exactly like the Kias. Yes. And... It's really hard to find anything that looks different from its competitors. Yes, driving down the road sometimes, I'll see a vehicle and say, oh, that's nice. Wait, oh, I have to look at the logo to see what the damn thing is. Yeah, yeah. they differ it's only in the tail generic. The cars that we grew up loving all have a unique character, yeah. a unique identity. There's an art to it that has been replaced by science, dare I say that? In a lot of ways, yeah, yeah you could probably ways, say yeah. that. I mean, all design, even when you, you make it your the basis for a design philosophy is going to be some art. And sure, there's also yeah. going to be a lot of science to it as well because, you know, you want it to be as aerodynamic as possible, you know, the least drag co- coefficient for uh, for gas mileage and all these things because, you know, you've got federal standards you have to meet. So you you science the hell out of these things nowadays yeah. to meet those standards. Yeah. But, you know, the cars that we grew up with, they they just had a different character to them. You know, they tried to make them look different from other manufacturers. Well, yeah, form did not follow function as tightly then as it does now. Well, you know, we come from an era when we named our cars. Yeah. Now, my daughter, she still names her car. She named her car that she got for me, uh, which is funny because, well, actually, I did name the the black Focus I had. But, um, you know, she she renamed it. Hers is a a feminine car. So I guess guess, that that makes it a transgender because mine was masculine. I always thought of it that way. Okay, well, let's skip, skip a, a bit, bit brother. Skip a bit, brother, yes. But anyways, you know, it wasn't uncommon for us to name our cars more so than it is today. I, you know, it's just not the same. It's like naming your horse. You know, all, all good cowboys name their horses. Yeah. Uh, so therefore, all good drivers so name their cars. So that's a good lead-in, though, for the first car I wanted to bring up as a car I would love to get my hands on. Okay. Because it's known as the most beautiful car ever designed. And that is the Jaguar, the Jaguar <laughs> E-Type. Or oh, as, really? As they were known in the U.S., the XKE. Oh, well, okay, ah, okay. yes. Uh, actually, uh, Jim Steronko had Nick Fury driving one of those back in the day. Yeah. Uh, Charles Heston owned one. Yes. I have always liked the Jaguar. The Jaguar. The Jaguar see, that's E-type. Patrick Stewart, of course, Jaguar. Yeah. It's, it's supposedly he still drives one. He had a green Jag for years, and that's just kind of his thing. Yeah. Um, but this was, you know, again, in the 60s. Uh, race heritage, you, you know, is supposed to be all tied into their their racing program. Um, straight six engines, um, they were gorgeous. Just the curves and and the fender and the design. Uh, of course, you can get very them with a drop top. Dare I say? Very curvy. Yes. Yes. In, in, in yeah, voluptuous. Uh, the, and fast. And it was one of the for its time. It was one of the fastest cars out there. Yeah. Um, just gorgeous, gorgeous British design, the Jaguar E-Type. Very famous, and, and ooh, doggy's gorgeous. 
Yeah, the, the, you know, it, classic lines. You know, that's the thing about a lot of these cars. Yeah, it's like we're talking about a beautiful woman. Well, yeah, that's 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 yeah. kind of well for some guys, and I don't think as much for us, but for some guys, that's very much the kind of uh, relationship or uh, wife substitute. In some well, for some folks, I'm, well, I'm, some, for some folks, their car is a substitute for other things. Well, okay, penile <laughs> substitution. Okay, yeah. Well, that's that's usually the hot rods. Uh, I no, suppose that's the, yes. the the F six fifty with so many lights on it, it looks like a Christmas tree. Well, that see now those I always say that those always crack me up when you see the trucks going down the road. They have little uh, balls hanging off the back. Yeah, because yeah. you're admitting that you have a small penis. Because your truck was, is a substitute. I was, I was uh, thinking whenever that same whenever thing. Bjorn see, sees a truck that large, he goes, "Oh, micro penis." Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's I mean, a, sorry, guys. Sorry, uh, right. So if you drive a large truck, uh, yeah, it's now, okay. If you drive that large a truck in the city, that's going to be my first thought. Yeah. If you have that 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 truck in the rural areas, a farm, a ranch, whatever, well, sure that is perfectly it. acceptable. I, I'm sure you need it for something. Yeah. Well, yeah. yeah, it's it's like you know you know your, your dog works on your on your farm, and so does your truck. I mean, yeah. uh, or what was it they said? Men in black. The only thing that pulls its weight around here is my dad, dad truck, and then of course the meteor smashes. <laughs> Boom! It figures. Yeah. Vincent DeFreno, we love you. No, he's the man. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that, talk about somebody that the otterites or the. You know, Snakes and Otters would like to meet Vincent oh, yeah. D'Onofrio. Absolutely. What an actor. What, oh, mean, my God. How about the, king, the dedication to the craft? The kingpin. I mean, if you if we watch the Netflix Daredevil series, my God, he is him. He will always be him. He was yes, amazingly he was good with that. But anyways, cars. Cars. cars so. so let me give you another one. Since I, I kicked out the Jaguar E-Type, let me throw another one at you. Now, this one is, I love this one because of James Bond. 1971 Mustang Mach 1. Diamonds are forever. Diamonds are forever. In red. Yep. I love that car. Yeah, I gotta say, the With Tiffany Case in the passenger seat, dare I say that? That'd be awesome. The, I, I, the early Mustangs are just something. I mean, they really are. Especially that, that first one. Uh, it, well, even the, the 65, 66, 67 Mustangs, they're, they're just all phenomenal machines. It's one of those early examples of product placement because, you know, yeah. they, they, paid a, they paid, you know, the manufacturer paid a boatload of money uh, to do that, yeah. uh, just as the Ford Cougar did in the movie before that on Her Majesty's Secret Service, which uh, Diana Rigg drove, yeah. and that was that was the thing. Uh, and you know, you don't drive American cars much in Europe where most of that takes place, but that was product placement because yeah. by that time Bond was a, a guaranteed sell. Yeah, those are those are great cars. They really yeah, the, are. Those first two generations of Mustangs up until '74. Yeah, you know, when they took the side scoops out of the Mustang is when they killed the Mustang. Because that is something that just, I, I hated every one of those that didn't have the, the scoops yeah. uh, uh, car, you know, not yeah. carved, but, you know, stamped into the doors and everything. It just, it's not a Mustang without those. Well, in the Mustang 2, you know, in 74, there was solid reasoning behind going there, but... You know, you, you got to keep what makes your car stand out. Yeah. You know, those design elements. And they became very generic cars. Yeah. Science assassinated art. Yeah, well, well it's, you know, they lost a lot of the driving dynamics, changing to a different, uh, what do we call it, chassis setup and everything. But, it, I mean, the Mustang too was much more of a close spiritual successor to the original. It's much more on that size. To the 64 and a half, 65 Mustangs. 
It's just our memories of those were, you know, obscured by the much larger 71, 72, 73s. Yeah. Uh, you know, 429 Boss yeah. and all that stuff. So, you know that the they've made an electric Mustang. Yes, the Mach-E, which, which yeah, is more Mach-E. of an SUV. And from what I understand, that thing can fly. Yes. Which is an amazing thing for an all-electric vehicle. They're kind of well, turning they're, they're Mustang their into, yeah, into more of a sub-brand or a, more than a make. You know, yeah. now it's a, Mustang is a make, but now they want to change it into kind of a sub-brand and have stuff underneath that umbrella of Mustang. Sure. And make it, but uh, yeah, it's supposed to be really neat. Yeah. Uh, and, and electric cars are, are quite the... Uh, you know, the engineering accomplishment. Certainly a Tesla would be very desirable. Well, you know, there are plenty of those around this town. I don't know if you all have noticed. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. There are yeah. tons of them. There are there. lots of Teslas around. Yeah. I I love the idea of an electric vehicle, but it's just impractical in a lot of, for anything yes. other than driving around town. Yeah. If you're not city driving... Uh, it, it, or driving somewhere where, you know, city to city, where you don't have to, like, I would never drive it to Michigan because no, it takes me two it. days to get there. Yeah, you can't make it. Right, because I couldn't make it on a single charge, and I'd have to stay find some place to charge it on the way and stay there for eight hours. Yep. So, if only there was a paradigm where you could re-energize your vehicle quickly and then be back on your way. Oh. <laughs> well, you know that's oh, one of the things I like about some of the hybrids. So, yes. our, our my former pastor, whom we all uh, enjoy hanging out with, because uh, he has always great bourbon and cigars. Oh uh, yes, we can only aspire to the bourbon collection. That's yes, for sure. Uh, he, uh, uh, he has one of those C-Maxes and he has an early one from 2013. Yeah. He, all city driving. He almost never took it anywhere outside the city. He would regularly fill up at best once a month and he could get 90 miles per gallon. Oh yeah. On a tank. So you're looking at basically a thousand miles on a tank of gas. Uh, because the, you know, the charge itself, they say it lasts about 25 miles and it also has that, uh. I forget what they call it, but it's where the brakes recapture some of the yes, energy. Yes, the regenerative brake. Regenerative, thank you. Um, now, I'm sure that eight years later, the cars are much uh, more efficient, the yeah. batteries, and probably that regenerative braking is much more efficient. Uh, so I'm, I'm kind of you know getting to the point where I wouldn't mind having something electric for my in-town car. Yeah. Because, yeah. you know, I love it, especially since I don't ever go anywhere. Yeah. But it also, that's an awful lot of money for something I don't, you know, I don't ever Yeah, and, and we all know the joy, the absolute joy of the road trip. We've done it, yes, we've done yep. it many times. Yes, you still got to have a, a, a car for the road trip. That's, that's right. true. And of course, you can always rent that. That's not, that's not. But see, that's why I like the hybrid. Bad. Yeah. Because you get the best of both worlds. You can still take it on the road. That's right. But, you know, for the for the local driving, you still get some of the, you get but the best. a lot of the hybrids, I've, at least when I was researching a little bit, uh, having recently bought a car and having an interest in this, sometimes you don't really get that big of a boost in your average mileage over the all gas. Uh, hybrid adds weight. Yes, it does. It adds a lot of weight. And and again, it depends on your driving habits and things like yes, that. Yes, that you, is the big key. How you get, you know, if you get 35 or 40 miles to the gallon, well, that's awesome. But if your driving doesn't lend itself to that, then you're back at... Well, you know, if, yeah, if you're a lifestyle, lifestyle trumps everything. Yeah. yeah, everything. Yeah, if you're a lead foot who's accelerating constantly until you get to the very last second and slams on the brakes, you know, first you're not going to get the regenerative braking the way you need to because that's not yeah. the way to use it. Uh, but that's going to, you know, that's 
Well, first, that's yeah. going to screw your, your regular well, gas mileage. Again, right, you know, surface streets versus the interstate versus how long a stretch on the interstate. Yeah. All of that stuff plays into your mileage. and How flat it is, whether you're going uphill, right. and all that stuff. And I'm, I'm very, very pleased with my SUV. Uh, has this automatic start-stop. So if I'm at, at, once the car's warmed up, if I'm at lights, engine goes off. And I'm yeah. not using yeah. any gas at Her all. Her Majesty's Jeep Cherokee is that way. It it was disconcerting when we first started driving it because when we go somewhere, I always drive. Yeah. I'm just, you know, I'm, you're not used Smith, to it. I'm sorry, I got to drive. It's just a thing, you know. Yeah, it, it is weird if you're not used to it. Why the car stop? Yeah. But, but once you I get used it. to it, it's not, yeah, it's, yeah. it's not a problem at all. I love uh, it. And, and on good days uh, or good tanks of gas, when I've done some interstate driving, I'm getting 30 plus miles to the gallon. And you know, you can always let off the brake just a little bit, restarts the engine in case you need that beast burst of speed yeah. to get out of something quickly. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, which of course, as we were saying, you know, none of those will are things that we could ever work on ourselves. No. No. Uh, which oh, is no. You know, one of the huge, I mean, even my brother, who, who is now down here in, in uh, Louisville, uh, you know, he's the same way. You know, he, he doesn't like working on any of the new cars because you don't have the tools. It costs a lot to have the tools yeah, to be special, able to work yeah, on. It's specialization stuff. Yeah. You've got it. You've got, you know, a good mechanic is kind of like a good hairstylist or a good confessor. Or, yes. You know, there uh, are, well, there I is mean, a, yeah, there is a trust level. If you know level. what to do with a new car, it's yeah. a good living. I mean, it's, it really it's, is. It's yeah. like working in HVAC or plumbing or something. That's right. Yeah. It's, you, it's good money. You, you will, yeah. yeah, you will be able to afford if lots you know of good things. If, yeah. Uh, yeah. Okay. So, are you done with your, uh, you I have you one more car to okay. throw out to you, but I'll, I'll I'll share here and kick out, or or we can stop for a quick bourbon break if you like. Let's do that since I did mention bourbon a minute ago. Well, yes, we're we'll 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 get ready to pour something. Exactly, here. we haven't and uh, we haven't. Most episodes we start with one in the glass. This time we're not doing it that way. We're actually going to uh, pass it out and and pull it here. Uh, this time we are back. Uh, at Studio F, we're in Johnny's game room, just down the hall from uh, Reed's lab again. Uh, the boys. Next to the negative zone. That's right, exactly. Uh, Got to be careful over that way. Uh, but we're. Uh, I'm letting the boys choose what we've got from the uh, uh, from the selection here. They're they're using the ice today. I'm not going to. I'm going to probably pick mine last. Uh, I've got just a little bit of Woodford. Who wants it? I think I'm going to clean the last of your wood. All right, well, feel you, free. You feel have free. Done so, sir. It's uh, thank you. That I way, it's, the uh, generosity. Yes, and uh, 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 Robertius, do you have a uh, favor? Uh, either the the basil or the uh, the uh, AE. Oh is well, good. come on, be be decisive here. Which one do you want? Well, I, I decided for you. All right, he decided for right. you. He hands over the angels in because what I figured is we would each have a different one. Well, that's I was I was going to do exactly the same thing on that one. Uh, because uh, the Angel's Envy uh, is my wife's personal stash. I am dancing on the edge of the neutral zone by bringing that into our rotation. Yes. So, it, Otterites, if uh, next month you, you hear us and there's only uh, Martin and I on the show, you know that it's because Francis is either dead or incapacitated. That's right. Well, he's been, yeah, he's been hurled through the gateway in the in negative, the negative zone, zone and, and, and annihilus, way back. Yeah, right. Nihilus is stuffing you down the toilet. Uh, yeah. Oh, God, don't even think about that. And, and I, I appreciate the Admiral Jarrock reference there. Well, of course. Uh, you think you can dance on the edge of the neutral zone? Oh, I, I use that in common parlance all the time, and most people don't get the exact reference. I also, just they... rewatched The Defector last night. Oh, excellent. Oh, yes, it's my all-time favorite episode. It's such good writing. But that's Ron yeah. Moore. 
Uh, and yeah. that's why he it was, uh, what, it was second episode he wrote something uh, like that? Uh, I want to say yeah it's uh, he did the bonding first with the, with the little kid that became Worf's little brother that was a disaster all the way yes. around which I think was a spec script that he did and this was either the second or third he may have done one in between that it was very shortly after that and it set the, it reset the tone completely well you know the best thing about it is it took an, uh, not to you know really go off in a rabbit hole but since we are uh, one of the best things about that episode is that that is a script that with minor modifications you could put in a lot of different places. So it's in a way it's a very generic script. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, it's, a, it's kind of a thriller-esque kind of thing, yeah. uh, only in set in space in Star Trek. Uh, but the fact that he made that work as a Star Trek script, wholly without any problems, and like, oh, you know, that I see what you're doing, but you fa-. he didn't fail. Well, I mean, It was a clean win all the way around right, because that that's it, Because the tone was very militaristic at times. It was very, almost Clancy-esque, yes. which is very against Roddenberry's orders. But he was, Roddenberry, third season, is waning at this time, thank God, because everything yeah, changed it, around this right, time. It brings in the idea of the political thriller. It's almost... Um, Kind of Robert Ludlum like, yeah, or yeah. Clancy like, yeah, yeah because it's a, it's a bigger story. Ludlums are usually more personal uh, with a couple right. of several it's, characters. This is a big, the big story, you know, world, you know, it's a world building story. It is. It's uh, it, it's making the Romulans a villain again. Yeah, which you know they tried to do that in the first season when they brought them back. You know, we're back, and as Marina Sirtis would say, it's who, who cares? cares? Yes. Yeah. Uh, this yes. actually made them well, dangerous again. Right, when you build, when you put it together with the enemy. Which is, yeah. And they a little were, bit before, the first meeting. And those were in, those were intended to yes, be... Yes, the incident at Gorndon Corps. The incident... Well, how do you know about that? It was common knowledge. <laughs> You're particularly was... well-informed for a logistics clerk. Anyway, all right, so if you have not watched The Enemy and uh, The Defector, these are episodes, again, of Star Trek that have... Next Generation. Next Generation that bring the uh, Romulans back in is very dangerous. The defector is uh, James Sloyan. Am I pronouncing uh, that correct? James B. James B. Sloyan. Yeah, that's right. He was uh, the 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 character. He was the he, actor who portrayed he, the Romulan. Admiral Jarrod. He actually played in uh, several iterations. He's one of the few. He played a Romulan, a Klingon, and a and a completely different alien, as well as a Bajoran. Yes. In Deep yes. Space Nine, he's he's done four different. Uh, and I I remember him uh, very distinctly as uh, Matola in The Sting. He's the guy who oh, that's who right. kind of sets the whole thing off. He gets he's the numbers runner who gets taken by Robert Redford. Um, so he's a uh, yeah he's a, he's he's a phenomenal actor. He was a really great good. character. Great character. Yeah, really right. and he, was he the guy who played? Um, uh, uh, Odo's uh, father. That's exactly yes, it. Yes, the Bajoran. Yes, yeah, yeah. Uh, Doctor. Uh, Doctor. Uh, I cannot remember his name. Actually, that's surprising. But yeah, but yeah he was Marla. The, I think Doctor Marla. Something. Yeah, like he that. was the guy who found Odo and basically experimented on him until he became to realize what he was. Yeah, yeah. and that's that was a, a really meaty role for a great character actor. Of course, every one of those he played Worf's future son, Alexander. Mm-hmm. Later in that seventh season, he comes back in time. Uh, as a Klingon, and it yeah. was it was really it was, it was he, tremendous. He, he, as tremendous. Admiral Jarrod, the defector who, who is trying to prevent a war, but he's being used by Tomalak and the Romulan High Command. There's just a ton of great stuff. Uh, Patrick Stewart got to do some Shakespeare in the beginning. 
that he loved. Which that was kind of his. He, yes. he kind of lobbed. That was for the that. one where he does the Henry V. Henry V. Yes. That's yeah. right. Yeah. Yeah. Band of Brothers uh, with speech. Data. Yeah. yeah, with yes. that. Yeah, exactly. Around around it's the fire. It's a black matter for the king who led them to it. That's right. Yeah, and it's uh that and that changed everything. Everything because it's kind of like this turning point. For the series where Patrick Stewart could be more British, well, even though he's supposed to have been French, is probably my favorite season of it the Trek, just is. because it really came into its own and not just stumbled into it; it it like exploded into well, its own. And a lot of that was Ron Moore coming on board because he was a well, fantastic it, writer. It's and Roddenberry Wayne's and Roddenberry's interest or at least activity because his health was failing. That's correct. That's so, right. But he you know, uh, that's one of the reasons that. The first season kind of sucked. It was like we, we're trying to do the same thing over again, yeah. and it's twenty years later, and it's and it, it, let's not do exactly that. It was the first step to having a uh, what you know. I said it was world building. It, it really is. It's first step to getting away from bottle episodes. It is. Yeah, you know, the first it's season especially it, is these these arcs that they keep coming back well, to. The they yes, arc, they the ended up doing arc, a, a, a two parter, which board. was unheard of. The only reason that they the next that the original series did it, it was just because they had to take the cage and fit it in somehow. But it wasn't a cliffhanger. It was, I guess, it was a cliffhanger. Yeah, I mean, but it, certainly not I, a season ending. Right. I mean, I remember at the end of season three that summer, everybody was talking about the next. I know it's the summer we got married. I mean, everybody talked. <laughs> yeah, everybody. Right. It, was, it was literally like, that next happen? weekend we got what's married. Uh, yeah, right. It after, wasn't quite as big as who shot Jr. But damn, it was up there. Damn, it was up it was there. Big. It's exactly yeah, it was, right. It was, it was a uh, big, big deal that whole summer of Riker open fire on Picard. Yeah, yeah, and, and so what, and what the hell's going to happen next? Yeah. That's right. All right. Well, back so to bourbon because <laughs> we haven't even talked about our bourbon much bourbon. less finished our cars. Well, I was talking about Angel's Envy is what you're drinking. Yes, this is the first time it's made an appearance since one of our early episodes. That's true because we we kind of, we also got in trouble. Well, you we got, got in trouble, trouble because we drank. Too much of it that time, and drank the whole bottle, and my wife was not expecting that. And it was next time she went, and foolish me, never replaced it like I should have, like a good considered yes. husband should. Yes. And next thing you know, we had an event not long after that. And it was where's my angels envy, and it was, oh, oh. well, uh, do I throw them under the bus or do I take the heat myself? And I did the right thing. I took the heat myself. No, I thought you were going to say throw us under the bus. <laughs> <laughs> Don't think I didn't think about it. But no, I, I took the heat myself. And yes, uh, the wind's well, blue. But uh, you certainly could have thrown us under the bus because, because you weren't there. Yes, because right. we weren't there, and you know she could do less to us than she could. Well, to you. and she knows <laughs> you two pretty well, too, guys. So you know she would have. Uh, so, yes. I love the, the angels envy. Poured the last of your Woodford. Okay, good. I'm glad to get that one cleaned up. Now it's time to go buy a new bottle of something. Yes, uh, uh, Michter's. That's probably that's a, probably. I would recommend giving that a go. Yeah, uh, and th- there was a couple other things. I don't even gosh, don't even remember. I wasn't prepared. For I'd this, like I to get a hold of a bottle of this uh, horse soldiers. Oh yeah, yeah. Because um, oh. that's supposed to have this great backstory to it with the. Uh, I, I know the one founded that... by special uh, special ops guys who actually rode horses in Afghanistan. Right after nine eleven. Well, now I could, I could, I could get on board that one here. The one that I was really interested in, in picking up, and I will at some point, is Wild Turkey. It was one of the. There's several of those under that brand. I forget the specific one. It's Matthew McConaughey's favorite, and he's apparently a bourbon aficionado and connoisseur. Okay. And somebody, and he's you know he's well known for this. He's from Texas. I can see. All right, that. all right, all right. That's you right. Do that then. Exactly. So I'm gonna I'm gonna take his advice uh, and, and and buy some of that. He says the best in the world. So you've got the uh, basil, hay, basil hay, the family bourbon, the family like bourbon as it yeah. is, and you know it's if you add, it, if 
Because I was asked recently, what is your favorite bourbon? And I was like, great. You know, how can you, like, it's my favorite Star Trek episode. Come on. <laughs> it's not going to, you know, you're going to make me pick one. Uh, but yes, if, if held down, kicking and screaming to the floor and made to pick only one, this is not Highlander, folks. This is Star Trek. This is bourbon. But... I would have to pick the Basil Hayden. Mm-hmm. It is really good. You know, good it's, it has of late moved up to uh, with me right there next to the double oaked Woodford uh, because mm-hmm. it is so smooth. Oh, it was one of our real first bourbons. That we, uh, yeah, uh, it was. As, as we yeah. 1992 election night. That's right. We and uh, and I paid thirty bucks for that bad boy, which at the time I didn't have thirty bucks. So right, I, that that was an expensive. That was bottle expensive of bottle of bourbon. Yeah, thirty yeah. bucks nowadays. That's a that's a good bottle. Uh, well, we're uh, we're more more well seasoned now than we were back then. True, and our wallets hopefully are a little bit larger. I'd like to think we've succeeded. Although more. there are times I feel like it's squeezed as much as now as it was then. But well, you know, the the objects of desire are much much larger. True. Well, that's true. that's true. Uh, men in particular, uh, when we go off the spending reservation, we have a tendency, statistically speaking, that, that for higher ticket items. Yeah, calling me. So. Ladies might buy a million pairs of shoes or clothes or something like that when we guys go off and have those things we buy Jaguars. <laughs> yes. Uh, as yes. Patrick Stewart would say. Alright, so let me throw one more car at you. Hurry up, because you know we've all talked we've been talking about your cars the whole episode. I know, I know, I know. Um, 1968 Ford Fairlane five hundred sports roof. Oh Ford Fairlane? Really? These are as this opposed is, to a Ford Fairmont, which is something those are totally, yeah, yeah uh, exactly. Let's just be clear. Yeah, uh, I did too. Yeah. <laughs> Our family did, and I drove it some. Yeah. So this goes back to the NASCAR days of trying to find when when stock car racing really was stock cars, right? And the saying was, "Win on Sunday, sell on Monday." And these were a design attempting to be aerodynamic. Now the sports roof didn't last long because what it turned out to be, of course, is this enormous expanse of glass over the back seat where the sun's baking your children uh, <laughs> in the back. So sports roofs did not last long, but boy, that's a good looking car. Yes. Yeah. Sloped back in. Um, if I could pick and could have a resto mod built, I would see if I could come up with a 68 Fairlane 500 sports roof. Oh, so you, so you would actively engage in adventures with Ford Fairlane. Oh, very nice. Good one. Nice, See, nice, thank nice you, nice Andrew Dice Clay. It had to come out, folks. Yeah. It had to. But, so, yeah, so, those are all some really good ones. Yeah, I mean, uh, if, you, if you do the suspension, the brakes, and drop in a 5-liter a Coyote uh, and have a nice paint job and some good wheels, you really have something. Yeah, yeah. So, I'm going to go next. Yes, Just please. because I'm going to jump in there before Francis says anything. And uh, so, I, you know, I have several cars that, uh, that I really miss owning. Uh, as well as, you know, when you're a kid, you know, so my family, because cars are a big deal, because that's what yeah. my, my brother yeah. and my, my father did, uh, building model cars oh, yeah. was a big deal, too. Really? I, oh, yes. I, I would might build a couple military vehicles. And See, I, growing up, my first love was the uh, the naval ships. Yeah. Uh, the Arizona. Oh, my gosh. Every time yeah. I go to Hobby Lobby and I see they've got one, I, I'm itching to buy it and, and, and do another well, bit. I had, a, I had a battleship in New Jersey that was yes. really kind of uh, cool. Yes, built in Missouri a couple of times yeah. and uh, things had, like that. Somebody had built me Planes. Uh, the model aircraft carrier, I think it was the Enterprise. That's the most popular one. That's, that's yeah. very yeah. common. You can get them huge, too, if you're really oh, yeah. into that. <clears throat> you know, that Models are expensive nowadays. That's why I like to go to Hobby Lobby. 
Yeah. Because you can get stuff on sale there more easily than in most places. Well, you know, we we were we went through our Starship building phase. We did. I yes. you know, I still have some kits at home that I have not built. Really? Well, I, you know, I still have the Excelsior in the box. I'm probably never going to touch it. And I also have a Battlestar. See, I... Which was reissued. It's not the... Yeah, yeah. yeah. The, the, the original one from the 70s is expensive, but they reissued it in the early 2000s. Because I always wanted one of those. Oh, yeah. yeah uh, but I never have done it. It's the original series, Battlestar. Yeah, it, yeah. Uh, it, yeah, that's the one you would want to build anyway. Exactly. Right? And it, it's in the, it's in my closet in there. And See, the, by now, I would have built I would have done both of those. Uh, well, at least the Battlestar would have, because that, that's a cool one. I wanted to, but you know, the box doesn't look too bad on the shelf. <laughs> <laughs> well, you still have the box on the shelf. There, there's some truth to that. Yeah. Yeah. So anyways, anyways. Yeah. Back yeah, to Marvel Cards. So, <clears throat> um, the, the first card, I, I still... Occasionally, we'll look on Facebook Marketplace and other places for a 77 Nova. They're out there. They are. They're out there. And they're very, uh, I mean, that's the thing that. They're fairly reasonable. When you talk about resto mods, that's one where you can change out the suspension parts, put discs. They were enormously popular at the time. And get get a a GM small block to drop in it. Yeah. They were very dependable. Very dependable. Yeah. So that's one that I, I. Seriously, you know, maybe after the boy gets out of the sales, yeah. and I get that twelve hundred dollar a month raise. Uh, from you're going to go start buying car stuff. Really? I don't know what I mean. You well, might, I'm going to pay might. off debts first. Well, but I mean, you know, you know, hey. you know uh, that's the thing that that you know, because I'm not going to have to pay for the boy's uh, college hey, education. And Francis is a famous novelist here. That's true. He's going to have to buy a cool car. Yeah, that's true. He will. Really? Now that's a, that's an expense I hadn't thought about. But you know, I kind of like that. Well, especially yeah. when that first royalty check for the for the uh, blockbuster movie comes in. Oh yeah, you sure. Know, that, you know that Netflix uh, multi part series. Uh, based I, on I, that, that might be better. I I, I think the having uh, having just revised you know tenth tenth draft, which I sent to you guys actually this past week, it's damn good. I think so, it really is. Seventy seven Nova. I like it in red. The black interior. Yep. You know, uh, obviously I put in a more modern radio. I'm not one that has to have it factory uh, original. Uh, to me, well, you know, the radio doesn't count. You can Everybody get else can be. radios that look factory, but have Bluetooth and all that stuff in them. I could do that. And see, that's that's see now stuff. that would be nice. See, and then, so you know, then you just bloop, hook up your phone and it looks it looks factory. But I would also if because uh, I know it was an aftermarket thing you could do. I would want to have air conditioning. Yeah, because uh, that it was not standard on every model. I'm not even sure if it was ever available on one of those. But given oh, yeah. it was '77, it probably yeah. was available. Yeah. It was, but it, it wasn't was standard. Option. It was an option. So yeah, if we, I find uh, one with AC, great. If not, I'd have to add it on because you can't have not, a car. It's not hard to add on. Yeah, because you got to have AC in the state. Because I'm not, you know, I mean, just you just have to. But yeah, that's one I'd like to have. Uh, you know, a really nice. Deep, rich apple red kind of a thing yeah. with that silver or white stripe along the bottom. It's not very big, but there's a part where the door kind of scoops in yes. at yeah. the very bottom. Uh, I put it along there. Uh, you know, that thing was great. I drove it to back and from back and forth from Michigan to Kentucky several times. And I had what we called the Palomino because it literally had six different colors on mm-hmm. it. Yep. Uh, but I loved that. But it car. was generally dependable. Yeah. It was very dependable. It was. It was just. And it was just fun. You know. I really love that. I mean, I love the '76 uh, Omega. You know, the younger brother. Actually, it would be the oh, older brother because he's a year older. Wow, that's that's going back. I haven't thought of an Omega in a long time. Yeah. Well, and you know, I had that in high school, so you guys never got to see that one. Oh yeah. Um, and 
they, they were just I just love those charging. I had bench seats. You don't even see bench seats yeah, anymore. Seats are, well, I had bench seats in my seventy. Yeah, 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 absolutely. So you know, and it was a two door, which is great. Uh, but still, the back seat was had a fair amount of space. Yeah. You know, because back then cars, you know, you didn't have to be a midget to sit in the back. Excuse me, a little person to sit in the back seat. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so that's one of my cars. So, yes. Uh, and you mentioned another one at breakfast this morning. That yes, that was is, the next. Uh, every 80s child's dream is a Porsche 928. Yes. So the the risky business Tom Cruise Porsche. See, now, I didn't even come to like it for that movie. Because, again, doing the models, found a model of it. Which probably, I don't know if it was before the movie or not. but Because I was building uh, oh, models yeah. probably before that would have yeah. come out. But that's where I first fell in love with that 928. That 928S is just a phenomenal looking vehicle. Uh, you know, that the rounded back first, end. Yeah, first of the front engine Porsches. Yeah. Really, really a landmark vehicle. Yeah. I mean, it's not as iconic as the 911, uh, but it's got a more distinct look. Yeah. So, like the 911 yeah. and the 930, because the 930 is the other one I really liked. Yeah. Uh, are, are they look nearly identical, but the 930 is uh, a better one, I think, than the 911. Uh, but you know, those two, the, the 928, and that thing, I mean, that just screamed fast, yeah. When you look, well, yes, it. and some of that is perception, I mean, yes. even though it, it, it did do that. Uh, the reason it was so popular is because it, as you say, it screamed fast, yeah. I mean, it's not like there were you know hundreds of thousands on the road here, but uh, it, you know, it was still just it was just an awesome looking car. Uh, and that was one I uh, yeah. always wanted to have. That was, you know, when I get rich and famous, that's the car I was going to buy. Yeah, because yeah. it was a chick magnet. Is that what you're saying? No, it's just because then I could afford it. Well, and there's, well, then you would, you know, you would be a chick magnet at the time. Well, I'm already a chick magnet. You know, I got to oh. beat him off with a stick. Oh, of course, of course, yeah, that's right. So at least that's what the wife thinks, you know, because yeah. she thinks I'm hot. Well, I, but I, you, well, know, you know, would hope so. I mean, she's got, she's got, you know, uh, marriage goggles. You know, they're not quite as bad as, as beer goggles, but they're up there. They're yeah. up there. Yeah, that's right. All right, so we got to put Francis on the spot and oh, come up really? with one. Oh, no. Because, no. I mean, if I start talking about models, I mean, because then, then you got to bring in the Bandit Trans Am. Oh. I had a Bandit Trans Am model. Well, everybody yeah. everybody of our age, that's what everybody wanted in the late 70s. Oh, everybody yeah. wanted one of those. Oh, yeah. And they wanted to be... Because that was a chick magnet car. Well, and everybody wanted to be Burt Reynolds, you know, yeah. at that time. Porn stash and all. Well, <laughs> very good, sir. That's right. Uh, yeah, it was... No. Uh, to be honest... And this is something very few men achieve. I'm driving the car I wanted to drive. I really am. I wanted a Mini Cooper. I got a Mini Countryman, which is the larger size, because mm-hmm. you know I'm six feet tall. Uh, I'm not going to drive my car where I'm scrunched all the time. So it's got to be a certain size for me. That's why the small, low riders, don't, I'm not interested in them. They're too, yeah. they're too small for me. I'm sorry. Uh, it, it's just a thing. Well, we're also of an age. You know, uh, Martin and I are still in the double nickel. Uh, whereas you have you have moved beyond that. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, by the way, our good friend from Michigan, he hit the double nickel early this week. I, I saw you, guys saw you say something about that. Yes, yes exactly. Uh, uh, you know, shoot him an email or something. Uh, and, and I don't know that I have his email. I'll address, send it, you send it to me. Yeah, we need to do um, that. Commiserating on that one. Yes. Uh, yes, and he was explaining bit, it's not so bad. Right, and he was a little bit uh, perturbed that I was uh, being so jovial about the double nickel club. But anyways. Um, uh, I lost because uh, I'm such a geezer. I think I lost my train of train of thought here. Um, that's, that's all right. I think you're finished. Well, you're just saying that I, I think we oh, got to the right. same place of we don't like falling into cars. Yes. Now that we are older, yeah, getting in and out of the cars that sit lower mm-hmm. is a little bit more difficult. It's, well, it's, I don't see the attraction. 
Uh, I understand. I want to be able to imagine myself flying a viper through through. Well, you know, traffic. if you sit lower to the ground, that's right. The uh, experience of how fast you're going is yeah. enhanced. The lower to the ground, the faster you seem to be going. And, and keep in mind that there's a very famous phrase on Gas Monkey, you know, fast and loud, that attitude is all about the altitude. Yeah. Yes. So, That's a very famous motivational phrase. They would, uh, you know, when you do the air suspension, though, you yeah. don't have to keep it low. No. You, you raise it, get in, and then you lower it, and boy, it looks good. You gotta get them low to look good. Yeah, I understand. Well, I mean, I, not I'm, so low that they're scraping the ground. I hate those. The, the, yeah, the actual quote unquote. Yeah, low the cars that where they yeah. jack them up nowadays and then they drop them all the way to the ground. I not interested. I, I love a 2017 Mini Countryman, and I don't know that I'll ever not as long as the brand is made. I will continue to buy them. Uh, I, I I can be the Viper pilot when I want to be, and uh, and, and and she flies. You know, the she thing flies. I like about those is that they are uh, now granted. Again, within the brand, yeah, it's the same design philosophy. It is, but that is so. a unique looking vehicle. It is and very much. That so. is one of the things it's I like about it. It's a racing car. I mean, it was designed the original minis. That's what they were. They're very British. Yeah. Uh, in fact, I will tell you yeah, this: they, they were rally winners. Yes, very much so. And that's that's one of the things that I like. That that's the coolness that they bring to the brand. That's one of the reasons I looked into it at one time. Racing, racing history. Yeah, and this is my second mini. Uh, the the other one that I had before that. Um, when I first, I don't think I told you guys this, I may have, we were on Outer Loop going somewhere, stopped at a stoplight, just after I had bought that previous Mini. Uh, and somebody pulls up right beside me, uh, and I don't even remember what they were driving, uh, and they lowered their window and you know, waved at me. I lowered my window, and there's a dad in the driver's seat and a kid in the passenger seat. And the dad looks over to me and says, pardon me, can I, do you have any gray poupon? Nice. Uh, nice. I have often thought about keeping some gray poupon in the car, but just, of course, for, just such for such a moment like that, if it ever rehappens, yes. because he saw that's British. That's that's it's finer things, and I'm thinking that's awesome. So Anglophile it right in your very much so. And it, 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 there is a even though they're really German now. <coughs> well, I understand. That's well, that's okay. So are the, so the, the royal family. So, so, so the royal family. Yeah. <laughs> but you know, like the way I look at it, it has class. It has. Esprit de corps. It has. It shows you've arrived to a certain degree, and yet it's also sporty and even viperish if you want it to be. That's yeah. why I love my car. When I was looking uh, for my last car, I looked at some of the the minis, but uh, uh, went back to my first love, which is an American. Yeah, car. the smaller version, uh, the Cooper, and there's another. There's a mid mid version with a with a uh, not a hatch in the back, but more of a, a two door back uh, open. It's a little bit smaller. The Clubman. The Clubman, thank you. That's exactly what I was looking for. Considered it, but I'm thinking, I'm six feet tall. I don't want, I, I can't do that. Uh, I don't want to do that. I don't want to feel scrunched. I want to love my car. Uh, and I had had the Countryman yeah. before, uh, and they had just upgraded the audio system with this new one, yeah. where you've got the full album art, which matters to a geek like me. Everything works really well. The other one just was not as sophisticated. Now they are. I'm thinking, okay, you guys have arrived. Let's do this. Yeah, and uh, and in fact, we bought that baby on the day of the eclipse. And, oh yeah, uh, yeah. And, I mean, literally, we're sitting there fi- uh, signing the paperwork when we look out, and it's dark outside. You know, as it goes by, which was kind of a memorable yeah. thing. Yeah, yeah. Love, those love are, that those car. Are love my good. car. You know the um, the other thing I remember, you know, just cars that I was also fascinated with. You know, uh, my brother had a girlfriend who had a little MG. 
Oh, I love MGs. Oh, oh my love gosh. Them. Aren't they those great? Yeah. I mean, uh, they, you know, you're going to be, you know, have them in the shop just as much as you're driving them. Yes, they get as many miles horizontally as vertically. Exactly. That's, <laughs> oh, that's a good one. That's Holy back. That's the lift. Did you just make that up or are you yes, stealing yes, yes. that? I'm stealing that from somewhere and I don't remember that's where. Okay. It doesn't I even, matter. I even said them in the wrong order. I know you're clever, but you know, yes. that's real clever. Yes, okay, that's that as is. many miles vertically But those things are just gorgeous looking. Uh, oh my! Oh my and they're out there. And well, no, they were, you you know, see a lot of junkers out there that somebody's built, you know, yeah, on the yeah. on those around these days. You um, don't see a lot of, but you yeah, know, an MGB, even even with the U.S. spec and the giant bumpers and all that, MGBs were super cool to me. Yeah. Very yeah. talking about British. I mean, that yeah. was the that was it a was. British car. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, the other one that you know held a fascination when it first came out because it just looks so damn cool. And had those speakers right here in the in the headrest mm-hmm. uh, in between your uh, you know on either side of your ear was the Fiero. Really? Yeah. I didn't know that. You know, it was two seat, another two seater, two seat mid engine. It was popular. Mid-engine. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah it, it was, was really popular. popular. And that uh, was that was groundbreaking for the time, wasn't it? It was. You don't it have was. speakers like that. They, they're they're yeah. was, uh, um, And see, now the sound systems are to the point where you don't ever have to touch it, and nobody is blown out. But in the old days, you know, you had to be able to work your fader. Back and forth because the backside, you know, if somebody's in the back seats, they get their ears blown off. Yeah, yeah. So you know, that was another one that, that was just uh, just fascinated the hell out of me. Wanted one yeah. of those. Uh, it's you know, almost nothing from the '90s can I think of no. uh, that really uh-uh. fascinated me. Is over. Uh, pretty much, you know, if it, it was anything after uh, came out of high, uh, came out of uh, college, just it wasn't really that fascinating to me. And one more '80s car. And for a long time, this was the best-selling car in the United States. Cutlass Supreme. Oh, yeah. A Cutlass Supreme really? from about 85, 86 with T-tops. Yes. Oh, I mean, okay. you borrowed your mom's Cutlass, and you were hoping you'd find a girl to be in the back seat with. It was that was That was the 80s. Yeah, I remember that. That was a big thing. Uh, we had a precursor to that in the 70s, which is the uh, Olds 442. Yeah. Well, and that was a Cutlass, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, but it, you didn't call it the Cutlass. You called it the 442, though. Yeah. Uh, that was just, that was a car that, uh, that you know, I, I don't have a whole lot of memories of it because, uh, you know, 40-some, 50 years ago now. Uh, but the, I loved that car that my mom, that my mom and dad had. Our first just, new car was in '76. It was the Caprice Classic. Oh, another great one. It was a one. boat. It Too was many doors. huge. It was yeah, yeah, as, yeah absolutely. Too many doors. Well, uh, we took that bad boy to Florida, which is you know a good, and it was Daytona. So you're talking about a good twelve. It was two. You had to do it two days. Uh, all four kids in the back seat. Yeah. Uh, that and we we managed. We didn't kill. You know, it was it was possible. Well, I mean, yeah, back in the day, the cars were small enough. I remember sleeping in the floorboards of a big car. Well, oh, I, I remember sleeping in the back window. The package. Well, that's that's yeah. what we would do with. My, we'd put my little brother back there. Uh, yeah, either in the floorboard or in the back window because all three of us outnumbered him, and he was smaller than we were. So you know, come on. It's, exactly. Uh, yeah. You, know, you, do, you don't have to do the math to figure Look that. Look at all out. the dead bees back here. It's cool. But you know, yeah. I mean, He's I had a race in the eighties, and uh, I mean, you guys remember it was the the green car. That's right. Yeah. And uh, uh, God, that was a smooth driving car. Oh, it was. I mean, it was. It had air conditioning and seatbelts, which you know, in '76. Well, matter of fact, that was you know, the new stuff had that stuff. That's the vehicle that we took on our famous road trip. 
Yes, the very famous uh, yeah. uh, Thanksgiving, Thanksgiving trip. road trip. Yeah, so, yeah, it's it, the, one of these days. Priest. We really need to, to to write that up, even if it's only like a, a Kindle single. You know, we need to, to put that out there and and, and write that story. Write that story easy, yeah. easy to do. Yeah, um, but yeah, that, I mean, you know, it, was a, it was a great vehicle. It really was. It was comfortable. Uh, it, 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 it got horrible gas mileage. Ab, but, yeah, absolutely. Tank of an engine. I mean, it, it, it well, was it itself was a tank. You know, it yeah, it was one of the last cars. Uh, of the last few years where cars were all metal, yeah. absolutely all the way around. When steel was still steel. Yes. Uh, so, you know, th- that was another great car. I, almost every car that I've had, I have some fond memory of. I mean, there's some that I, you know, I, I would like to forget. Oh, but, I mean, like, I, there's a Ford LTD that I drove for a little while. I'd like to forget that one. Really? Yeah. Um, but now there was, well, not no, not the LTD. The, um, oh, shoot. Uh, I actually had a 76 LTD that uh, I got to drive. Uh, it was actually a family car. That's what I had. Now, that one I liked. That thing could move. Yeah. Uh, but there was a... It might have been a Fairlane, but there was another Ford that I had that was just such an ugly, horrible piece of crap. That car was the epitome of the old uh, Chevy knock, which was found on road dead or fixed or repaired daily. Yeah, yeah. that's right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, that was just a piece of crap. But... You know, that LTD I actually really liked. Uh, I enjoyed that. Yeah, yeah, that was really in the first borrowed car was my mom's 1976 LTD two-door hardtop. Yeah, it's a pretty two-door. unusual car. Yes. Yeah, yeah uh, the one I had was a so, two-door. So no, Which no vinyl. A rather dubious flirtation. I never cared much for those. Uh, having ridden them from time to time. Well, see, the four-door at the time... Was your parents' car? Correct. That's right. That it was two doors. So, well, and this was our second car. This was for mom to drive. And right. even with two doors, I mean, shoot, you fold the seats up, we can still get in the back. Right, right. Because that's when it's cars still are huge. Big. Yeah. yeah, but it, you know, three fifty one Windsor engine, um, and it wasn't even ten years old when we got rid of it and sputtered and died, and you couldn't even get out of the driveway with it. So yeah, no fond memories there. Then the next one was an 82 Ford Fairmount Futura. Oh, the yeah. The with the look, look like it had a handlebar You drove that when we were in college, didn't you? Yes. Yes, that was I my dad's so. 82. Now, that was a nice car because it was console, uh, automatic in the floor, bucket seats, which AM, was, FM radio. Which was a big deal in those days. No but, uh, it, that car almost got me arrested. And, uh, yes, the one you had to drive around a few drive times. Drive around to try to get it to warm up so you could actually leave and... Almost got me killed in the middle of Dixie Highway, so hated that car too. Yep. Now, uh, yeah, I remember because you know when you're a kid, but it uh, looked good. You, you you know you drive whatever your dad lets you drive. Yep. And because my dad was a mechanic, we constantly had different cars. Yes, you have a, so, a, a unique diversity yes. of experience when it comes to driving yes. vehicles. Yes. So we had uh, a green Ford Pinto. Never exploded. Oh, the Pinto. Well, that's right. I uh, saw a great meme today. It was one of the, I don't know if you guys have ever seen this, it's the Pinto with the flames, but they're on the back going forward. On the forward. back going forward, yes. Yeah. Yeah. It's a Marcus Aurelius special. Yes, yes, so yes, he's the one he who uh, posted that. Um, uh, had a Ford Maverick. Yeah. Uh, drove that uh, once in a while. Yeah. Uh, that actually wasn't a bad little car. It's uh, a pretty popular, hey, too. Yeah. Richard Rawlings drove the Mercury equivalent in high school, and they built one on Fast and Loud, the Vomit Comet. He had go. a he had a green Mercury Comet, which is a Maverick. Wow! And I rode to I rode to Bellarmine in the back seat of a Maverick for a long time. So yeah, that that was one I you know semi fond memories of. Um, you know, there's not really a whole lot of the vehicles from back then. You know, probably at the time I hated them because they were all hand me downs. You know, they weren't in great shape. 
But you know, looking back at them with the eyes through the eyes of nostalgia. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. You know, I, there are times like you know, I wouldn't mind having one of those again. Uh, not necessarily any of the. You know, still, the only one I yeah. really want is that Nova. Um, yeah, I mean, if we ever become executive producers of that uh, that Netflix, blockbuster, yeah, yeah, or that movie yeah. uh, off of uh, Francis's novel, uh, I will either probably buy a uh, a K was a K five Blazer with the fiberglass top, or mm-hmm. a, or a Cutlass, an eighty six Cutlass with there two you tops. Go. There you go. Well, you know, if you're really good enough, you can have it put in your contract. That that's the car you get to drive while you're the executive producer. You're <laughs> uh, uh, right. And, and, you know, and then they let you just take it home because what else are they going to do with it? Yeah. Yes. Kind of the no brown M&M's. Right, in your right. Country. Oh, right. Everybody's got to have I, I want, an ass. I want cash and I want an 86 Cutlass Supreme with T-tops. That's right. Uh, and velour seats. Yes, just like in the marvelous Mrs. Maisel, you know, as her manager tells her, you got to have a weird ask. Everybody's got to have a weird ask yeah, in this right. contract. Season four is yeah. coming. Yes, it's a yes. fantastic show. Love right. that show. So, well, we're at one hour mark, guys. Got to be time. Which to wrap I'm kind of surprised. We, well, I'm not, but you know, well, we wrap it whole. Give us a yet. subject and we can go an yes. hour on it. No problem. Yes. No problem. So, Francis. What's next? Sorry, stole your line. Every once in a while, I like to do that. That's okay. It needs to be stolen every once in a while. I, I think that's a good thing. Yes. We're going to do history again next time. You know, we've after a hoop at you, it's always a history. And it's January then, so we're going to talk about the Challenger disaster. Uh, it was very formative to us, and it was for many, many people. Yes. It was one of those moments it's, that, like so many others, yeah, it's a where were you? Where yeah, were really you when is. it happened? And we'll talk about all of that. And, and remember how uh, childhood ended in many ways with that. Uh, it was it was one of the, very much like Kennedy assassination was for the generation before us. Everything changed, and we'll yeah. just and we'll explore that and discuss that next episode. Don't miss it. Hope you enjoyed another pointless discussion of eternal questions. Remember, new episodes publish every Friday at noon Eastern. Spread the word. We're on all the major podcast platforms. And leave us a comment or review because that helps others find us. We're on Instagram, Twitter, as well as our website, snakesandotters.com. I'm Martin. And I'm Robert. And I'm Francis. Join us next week. Same snake time, same otter channel.